Hi, I'm Carly Zakin. And I'm Danielle Weisberg, and we're the co-founders of The Skim. So welcome to our podcast, Skimmed from the Couch, presented by Dunkin' Donuts. On every episode, we invite smart, inspiring, successful women to chat candidly about what it takes to get to the top and what it's like once you're there. So this is a podcast about the real stuff, the bad days, the bad advice, the first big career win, the people who are there for you, the people who are not, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. We started the skin from a couch and we only have one rule on this couch, no BS. That's it. So sticking with the entrepreneurial theme of this show, we're working with a partner that really gets that. Duncan is offering Girl Scout cookie-inspired flavored coffee. What a way to wake up. It's really good. And for those that aren't in the Girl Scouts, they do more than just sell amazing cookies. They are the largest leadership organization for girls in the United States. So stop by Duncan and show some love. So before we introduce you to our guests, we have a tiny little favor to ask. The Skim is pretty serious about feedback. We actually really love it, and we want to hear from you. So go to theskim.com slash talk. Tell us what you like and what you don't, and we may or may not be giving away a little cash money to say thank you. So join us in welcoming our guest, Sarah Blakely. I am so excited. Sarah is the founder and CEO of Spanx, the company we all know and use and are probably wearing right now. She started the company in 1998 when she cut off the feet of her pantyhose. That is a word I never thought I would say. The company has grown to multiple products available in 50 countries around the world. She has been named one of Time's most influential people, was on the cover of Forbes as the world's youngest self-made female billionaire, started the Sarah Blakely Foundation to help women in education, entrepreneurship, and the arts, and is on the top 1% of people that Carly and Danielle have wanted to meet. Also, as of very recently, she has joined the skim as a minority investor. Oh my gosh, we are so excited. First of all, this is surreal. We have looked up to you for years. This is, I think, the biggest moment for us I honestly think we've ever had yeah. because any press article we have ever done and any interview since the day we started, everyone says, who do you look up to? And we have said Sarah Blakely. And they said, why? And we've listed <laughs> a lot of reasons. But I think most importantly is that you've always controlled your own destiny. And that, I think, has meant a lot to us and inspired us in a big way. So we know we I know think, what you've created. Well, yeah. you guys are <laughs> so impressive. And I love being here. And I love being in your new space. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. So, so exciting. We obviously, anyone that is listening to this, I'm going to assume knows and uses Spanx. And probably wearing them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's changed uh-huh. our day to day. probably flashed me. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I get flashed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember when one of the first times we met you, I was talking about my Spanx. And then I was like, is this inappropriate? And then I was like, I'm sure she gets this every day. I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? My husband says it's a great side perk of being married to yeah, me because he, just he gets everyone. flashed also. So we'll be at cocktail parties or airports. And oh. I was in New York at this fancy hair salon. And this woman who's oh so gosh. impeccably dressed, probably in her 70s, yeah. literally hoisted up her whole dress oh to show me. You know, it's just oh like gosh. All, all that goes out the window for some reason. It's great. Um, so <laughs> let's start off by saying you are the youngest self-made female billionaire ever. That is incredible. <laughs> What was kind of a bigger moment, realizing that or the magazine cover? Um, Well, for me, it was, you know, I've never been working for the money. I'm making, I I like to make a difference for Mm -hmm. women and in women's lives. So the money is always something that's, if you're following your passion and you're doing, working really hard, that can follow. And Mm -hmm. that's what happened to me. So I don't, you know, that wasn't for me this big defining moment. It's kind of what a third party values 
what Spanx, they think Spanx might be worth. So, um, but I'm, as especially being a woman though, born in this country, and people always ask me who my mentors are. And I, I would say my mentors are more the women that came before me that didn't do anything yeah. with their careers because they didn't have the option. So I look at my mom and my grandmother and they inspired me so much. So seeing, having a moment like that of being mm-hmm. recognized, knowing I started with five grand of my own money and did it on my own terms and didn't follow the rule book. You know, business is a very masculine model mm-hmm. and it has been for a really long time. And I took a very feminine approach and was kind of like, let's see what happens. So, you, so that validation felt you good. You definitely did not follow the rule book. And anyone <laughs> who follows you on Instagram, which by the way, everyone should follow you on Instagram. You have the funniest Instagram I've ever seen. Uh, it's very obvious you don't follow your own, you don't follow anyone's rules during the day and probably not your husband's either. Uh, but and there's hilarious stories about, uh, I think one was that you uh, put your house on the market without telling him. Uh, I read um, and that you like forget to tell forget that you have a flight and that you forget all these things but there's an eccentricity to you that I think is what's magical about your story and I'm curious like when you look back and if you had to kind of start the Sarah Blakely School of Business what is the rule book that you would create what are the rules of Sarah Blakely it all starts with mindset so you know, I, everyone always asks how Spank started and it started so long before I cut the feet out of my pantyhose. It started literally at around the age 16 when I went through two tragedies that led me to these tapes called How to Be a No Limit Person by Wayne Dyer. And I started listening to them so much that it changed the course of my life. And so everything starts with mindset. Um, I had, I learned manifestation, visualization, law of attraction, um, not caring what other people think about me, which is a lifelong journey of teaching myself and working on that. Um, and all of those risk taking, all of those aspects that I've been working on is the biggest reason why Spanx exists. So my first school would be, let's st- start with the mindset. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you're in check with self-doubt. You know, wh- you know, you know how to talk to yourself when you're having those moments of self-doubt, how you get the courage, where do you find courage, all of that. And then I would say, you've got to focus on the why, not the what. Stay very connected to the why. You have to be able to differentiate yourself and be able to explain why you're different very quickly and make it clear and easy for people to understand. And then go for it and work really hard. So I want to dig into the focus on the why because I think that's something that, like, we even just yesterday mm-hmm. you you were t- you were saying we were having a, like a hard management conversation about like how we. We also started with roughly the same amount of money and uh, about $4,000. And we constantly— So it's so inspiring to hear your story, too, and stories like this because it's intimidating to sit in your apartment and think, I don't know people with— Millions and millions yeah. of dollars, and I'm to go raise VC. I didn't. I didn't even know that world at all. So I think there's I kind think of like um, you know, like willing disbelief or like having this notion that you can make things happen. Well, and like I the think Steve Jobs, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm forgetting the term, yeah. but um, I think what happens and kind of what you were getting at is that sometimes I think back to those two days, like that being in those first two years of the company and, and being us on a couch. And I'm sure, you know, those days you still remember really well of starting out. And in some ways that is easier than when you are running a huge company and you have all of these people. And I feel like the how um, and the why kind of get lost along the way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you have to go back and continue to check in with 
you know, why are we doing this and how are we doing this? How, how do you actually do that at, you know, your scale, your success? Like, what do you, what has helped you along the way keep those things in focus? Um, well, you want to pass it on to your culture. And so it's important to be teaching and training that philosophy with everybody that's coming on board. But I'm always checking in with myself. I'll say to the team, now, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And and when things, Spanx invents, so we're not a typical apparel company. Yeah. We are actually you know, creating things that have never been done before. And we apply, we have patents on all this stuff. So there's a lot of that. You're, that. Now, you're now really revamping arms. <laughs> yes, I wear you're the here. active wear. Yeah, people are going to flash yeah. their arms now to you. Yeah, because of the arm tights. Yeah, I love oh, the I arm know. tights. The arm tights are they're amazing. They're amazing. They change everything. I just, that's a problem solution. So I always say st- find the problem and then create the solution. I put on my Instagram and I got lots of feedback from it because I said, sell the problem you're solving, not the product. Mm-hmm. And so people are far more connected to the why. Yeah. And that's the why. Also with um, Spanx, you know, I've been very clear from the very beginning of why I was doing it. I started out wanting to create one undergarment to solve my problem and figured there were a lot of other women that had white pants that they didn't want to show a panty line Mm -hmm. and there was not the right undergarment. But then standing on the manufacturing floor and talking to these men that were making our undergarments, it became so clear to me that there weren't people making it with the lens of how do these women feel That's so funny in the product. You know, and that became my why. We create such different products, but it's funny because we actually, um, someone recently said to us, we never thought about it, that so many of the companies that go after women in news and media are founded by men and then hire a female editor-in-chief or mm-hmm. hire, um, hire, hire women to then try to find that authenticity. And it's very similar to, to you, which is that um, or a lot of men were designing stuff that they don't wear. Right. And then they're probably hiring a female designer or a female seamstress to to kind of put together. And it, it's a very similar thing where I think there's an authenticity to how you started that inspired us so much from day one. That's only half of the story, and there's a lot more to come. But first, we have a few more things to say about Duncan and the fact that they are making amazing coffee right now. That's Girl Scout cookie-inspired flavors. That is amazing. Say that three times fast. No. (laughs) So I know being able to get a Thin Mint-flavored coffee is a little bit much to take. It's very surreal. We are totally with you and supporting you emotionally when you hear that. But they have other flavors, like coconut caramel. Caramel and coffee goes really well together. And peanut butter cookie. That one has my name on it. It does. And you can get them in any way. Hot coffee, frozen coffee. And wait for it. Dun, dun, dun. Ice coffee. Are you just naming different words with coffee? Yes. But um, no, they actually make them in a bunch of different ways. And the Girl Scout cookie program helps girls learn the skills they need to become successful entrepreneurs. And it's also the biggest leadership organization for girls in the United States. I cannot think of a better reason to get caffeinated. I'm curious now You've obviously, you're, you're at such a trajectory of success. When are the moments that you feel unsure of yourself? And when you have those moments, like, who do you call? Because you're people's mentor now. So who do you call? Um, you know, I have moments of self-doubt all the time still. I tell the p- team at Spanx that. Um, so when I have self-doubt, I do the same thing. I'll listen to Wayne Dyer. I've been listening. He's sort of my mentor. And I, yeah. I like to tell people, you can have a mentor that you've never met. <laughs> 
So you were that for us. Okay, well, that's cool. Now, now we know each other. But uh, seriously, you know, I didn't. And so he came into my life and made such a difference with his messaging to me. Because as a 16 year old, I realized at the time, I everyone had been teaching me what to think, but no one had ever taught me how to think. And so I was just like, oh, and um, so in those moments, I still turn to Wayne Dyer. I'll listen to other people that are inspiring, maybe throw Tony Robbins on, you know, in my headphones or something. Uh, I will call my mom for support. I call my dad for advice. I I have, you know, but the the important thing to say is I still have self-doubt. I have it all the time. So one of the stories that I love that I know you've told before, but I found myself thinking about it the other day. And then I was like, where did I hear that? And I was like, oh, Sarah Blakely talking about her dad. Um, But, you know, that he would, when you were growing up, ask you what you failed at today. Mm -hmm. And I love the stories of you in high school coming home and saying, I tried out for this and this. And I was thinking about, you know, that we try to instill a culture of failure, but I don't think that every day that's my mentality. Is that still something that you think about? And, you know, now having four kids, is that part of what you hope to pass on to them? Yes, definitely. And that was such a gift. I didn't realize it at the time that when my dad was asking my brother and me at the dinner table what we had failed at that week, and if we didn't have an answer, he would be disappointed. So that you know, just him high-fiving me when I was bad at something was so um, freeing because now what happens is I don't view failure as the outcome. I view it only as not trying. So it's completely reframed it for me. I'm less interested in the outcome than, and I know that the outcome, because my dad used to also say to me, if something didn't go as planned or if I didn't do well, or if I didn't, if I tried out and didn't get it, he would say, well, what did you get out of it? And instead of focusing on like, oh, I'm embarrassed because I was terrible and didn't make the cheerleading team or whatever was happening at that time, I would say, well, I met a new girl and she's now a really good friend. We were in the way, you know, and and you realize that those moments that you push yourself to do something that you may not be great at or you have to take a risk, there are so many hidden gifts in them that to not do them would be such a shame. What's the last thing you failed at? Uh, well, I fail all the time at getting my children out the door on time <laughs> for really school. Like your Instagram <laughs> carpool, yes. yeah. Oh my gosh, so funny. that is like I rack my head every day. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try a new tactic today. How am I gonna get them out the door? Um, one thing that I, I just want to say, like you. First, we met you at a conference once and we totally fangirled. <laughs> we were like, I can't believe it's you. Oh my gosh. And Warren Buffett was in the room and we gasped. And we, I mean, literally, we're both texting our parents <laughs> under the table. I can't believe he's here. Oh my gosh. He's holding a can of Coke. It's all happening. <laughs> we sat, we sat behind yeah. him strategically. Like, but I took, wouldn't think to go up to him. Yeah. I was trying to take like a subtle picture to be like, look at the can of Coke. And you looked at us. You said, girls, just go over and introduce yourself. (laughs) And we looked at you like you had three heads. And then we were like, of course, because that is how you get stuff done. And I thought it was such a moment of just a very simple thing and just how your your attitude about how you've gotten this far, which is just— doesn't he's just a person yeah and he might have a lot of money and he might be really really smart but uh he's really really really, funny really really smart he's funny funny. uh but just go over and we went over to him and we introduced ourselves and said mr buffett (laughs) we found out the scam and he was like how do i get it and uh he 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 let us talk to him for about a minute um which was a real highlight for us so thank you for giving us the courage to have a once in a lifetime experience (laughs) well you know what to that point and i remember it so well 
um, is the same thing sort of in the journey of Spanx, but anyone who's doing it, you just, it's, it's far more simple than you conjured up in your head and you just have to do it and take the action. And one of the examples for me is when I landed Neiman Marcus, which was my very first account ever, all of these people from the industry would come up to me and go, how in the world did you land Neiman Marcus? And I was like, I called them. (laughs) And they would stare at me and I would stare at them back and I go, why? What are you doing? And they're like, well, there's trade shows and we've been setting up a booth in trade shows and we've been going for the last seven years. And people say after a few years, you get the chance potentially to get, I was like, I didn't even know trade shows existed. (laughs) So that's, it's a great reminder of just ask for what you want. Yeah. And finding the courage to do it. And he, yeah, he loved meeting you guys. Wow. Thanks. (laughs) Before we get back to our guests, I have to tell you guys about an amazing new service I found called FrameBridge. They make it easy and affordable to custom frame your favorite things. So everything that's been sitting in your storage bin or in your hallway that isn't framed, you can make it so. From art prints and posters to the photos on your phone, here's how it works. So you go to framebridge.com and you upload whatever it is you want to frame. But then you pick your style of frame, and if you have no idea what your style is, which I usually waver back and forth, they have designers that can help. And you get it delivered to you in days. So literally, like the last time I got something framed, it took $300 and took me weeks at the place near my house. Um, this is this starts at $39 and takes days, which is why I like it because I'm very impatient. But wait, Carly, aren't they who we used for the office? Oh, my gosh, Danielle, what an interesting discovery. <laughs> we had a million things to frame when we moved offices, and they made it so easy and natural. They did, and you know that because all around Skim HQ, there are these beautiful framed photos, and you know we did not do that ourselves. So we like them, obviously, and we are giving you guys a little something to get started framing your photos or art today. Just go to framebridge.com and use promo code SKIM, S-K-I-M-M. You'll save an additional 15% off your first order. That's framebridge.com, promo code SKIM, S-K-I-M-M. One more time to help you remember, write it down, It's framebridge.com promo code skim. All right, let's get back to it. I'm curious, what was the first moment when the journey of starting Spanx from the idea to where you are today, where you looked in the mirror and were like, I am really proud of myself? Um, And has there been that moment? Yeah, I have had that moment on and off throughout the whole journey. I don't think about, it doesn't really hit me and I don't absorb it most of the time. I've had, right before I'm about to give a big speech, there's a, a like a B-roll or something of like a teaser of my life and I've actually started crying. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my God, I got to pull it together. I'm crying watching my life and I'm about to go speak yeah. to like a thousand people. This is embarrassing. But in moments like that, it hits me and I'm, I'm like, I am so proud of myself. I was very proud of myself um, when I signed the giving pledge very proud of myself when I was on Oprah and was able to surprise her and give a million dollars to her Leadership Academy for Girls in Africa. That is amazing. That's incredible. That's, that's an incredible example to show other people and also just an incredible moment to be yeah. able to do that and to Oprah. Like, also, I, I know. And, I, you know, not that long ago, I was selling fax machines yeah. door to door. I was making 40 grand a year. Yeah. And the fact that I could even imagine handing someone like Oprah Winfrey a million dollars to help girls become educated was... Well, I also, I don't think most people are aware of just um, what a leader you are in terms of philanthropy and how you're giving back. So I would love for you to sort of explain what you're doing with that, especially how you're using um, 
Instagram in particular to, to kind of reach your audience? Yeah, I am. Um, well, it's just so I, I feel very strongly that women should be elevated on the planet and that there should be more of a balance between male and female energy. And I say energy because it's not even necessarily gender specific. We all have male and female energy inside of us. And the feminine has been very suppressed on the planet yeah. for a long time. And that's not good for the greater whole. So in my short lifetime, I'm like, how can I elevate women? How can I inspire them? So the you know, I've been setting aside money from banks from the very beginning when I was in my apartment, set aside to help women become educated, help support them in entrepreneurship, help them become leaders. And I, I hope that my own life also serves as, I take that very seriously, that my own opportunity is one of my greatest assets to then lead I and inspire other I love hearing that women. you've been doing that since before you really um, had had the financial means to do that. Um, because I think for us, like we we don't have the financial means to do that at yeah. this point. And it's something so important to us. And we've been thinking like, you know, we feel sometimes that we were sitting at such an opportunity to reach our audience. And there's certain things that we've been trying to do over the last year or so, especially to kind of empower women and um, from an entrepreneurial angle in particular. So it's so great to hear that you were able to do that as well, because that's going to be another area we're going to look yeah. to you for advice. I <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I just want to ask before we have to wrap up is I love hearing you talk about you know, what has motivated you and, and your mindset and Tony Robbins and Wayne Dwyer and, and the energy, you sound very Zen, like, <laughs> which is amazing. And I, I, it seems that it really focuses you. Are you trying to say that we don't sound Zen? We definitely <laughs> don't sound Zen today. Um, but what do you do? Like, do you have those moments when you like cry, when you of scream? Course. Like, what is your of course, I go to I called my dad this morning before yeah. I did yoga with my champagne bottles that I posted, <laughs> yeah. which actually really works when you don't have weights. I got him out of the mini bar. I'm like, this works. But um, I called my dad and I was crying this morning, actually, in my hotel room. I said, Dad, I feel overwhelmed. I, he said, honey, you're tired. This is what happens to you. And, you know, I mean, so just today yeah. I was crying in my hotel room. And but then I you know, what do you, you do? Just, what do you do to turn off? Cause I also feel like, and again, I keep referencing your Instagram, but I think it is such a great, it's like being John Malkovich, like being served. Like, <laughs> like it's a real insight into all the areas of your life. What takes attention, uh, what, what gets your attention, mm -hmm. your personality and your passion as a person. So how do you, what, how do you turn off? Like, how do you just like regroup and re-energize? Um, I, well, I take a bath every single night, no matter where I am. I have my whole life and I, um, like to do yoga or I'll walk and I run. That's, those are the things that help me turn off and I drive in my car. So I found that my best thinking happens and not work related thinking, but mind wandering mm -hmm. thinking in the car. And so I always say, where does that happen for you? Not where you're going through your to-do list and that scatterbrain of like, you know, beating you up over all the things you have to do, but where does the, that real channel of ideas come? And for me, it's the car. So I get in, I, it's called my fake commute. I live five minutes from Spanx and I sometimes leave an hour before work and drive aimlessly around Atlanta. That's so amazing. To get my ideas and to think and us, to unplug. We don't drive, so we can't do that. Yeah, no, yeah. Where, where do you <laughs> guys do? How do you guys do it? Uh, I I walk. Um, yep. I actually cooking for me um, oh, is nice. very therapeutic. I like totally zen, like just zone out. Um, running. 
Yeah. And we both, honestly, we both sleep so much on the weekends. Like I, we both really need yeah. sleep to re-energize and regroup. But for me, it's actually, it's interesting. It's when my body is so exhausted that my mind starts to turn on like really hard physical activity where the only way out of it is to like think about something else. Um, and that was something new that came in. I'm a little bit scared, Danielle. I so understand where you're coming from. I understand the tired thing. I mean, I've been going to bed so early for so long and it's just part of it. I mean, when I met my, I met my husband in Vegas and I went, everyone was just starting to go out and I'm like, okay, well, good night, everyone. I went to bed at nine (laughs) o'clock in Vegas and he's like, what is up with this girl? I need to learn more about her. Oh my gosh. That's, but I I was so tired. I mean, you guys can relate. If you're doing this, it's like, yeah, yeah, you have, yeah, you have to prioritize your sleep big time. Well, Sarah Blakely, thank you. Thank you so much for everything, for the example that you've created for us, for sharing your story. It has meant, uh, it's literally um, been part of what, got us on this crazy journey and changed our lives. So thank you very much. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. That means a lot to me. Thanks for hanging out with us. Join us next week for another episode of Skim from the Couch. And if you can't wait until then, subscribe to our daily email newsletter that gives you all the important news and information you need to start your day. Sign up at theskim.com. That's the S-K-I-M-M dot com. Two M's for a little something extra.